What threat does COVID-19 pose to democracy? And how can democracies hold credible elections during a pandemic? I'm Pat Merlo, Director of Electoral Programs at the National Democratic Institute. We'll be addressing these and more in this week's DemWorks. Today, we are joined by a trailblazing leader in Congress, Representative Karen Bass of California. As a senior member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee and chair of the House Subcommittee on Africa, and as chair of the Congressional Black Caucus, Representative Bass has been an outspoken advocate for supporting democratic development around the world. She has also led NDI election observation missions to Kenya and Zimbabwe. Before joining Congress, she made history as the first African-American woman to serve as Speaker of California's Assembly and of any state, I believe. There, she provided leadership in response to the 2008 financial crisis. Also keenly relevant for today, for nearly a decade, Representative Bass was a physician's assistant in Los Angeles and was a clinical instructor at the University of Southern California's Keck School of Medicine, the Physician's Assistant Program. To add a personal note, through 25 plus years at NDI, I've had the privilege of working with many leaders on the local, national, and international stages, and we couldn't be more fortunate than to speak today with Representative Karen Bass, because she's provided leadership on all of those levels. Congresswoman, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. The world's facing an extraordinary set of challenges at this moment as a consequence of the COVID-19 pandemic. The challenges concern public health, but they also are economic, social, political, and geopolitical. They exacerbate authoritarianism, polarization, conflict, and instability, and social and economic divides. Congresswoman, you've long been a champion of U.S. leadership in supporting democracy overseas. Why do you think democracy assistance matters, particularly during a pandemic? And when you talk to your constituents about this, how do you explain the U.S. investment in overseas democracy assistance? Well, I think if there was ever a time in my lifetime for people to understand how we are all connected on this planet together, because we're going through this together, it's this pandemic. We are experiencing a public health crisis and an economic catastrophe at the same time. And I think that it is just so important right now because we want to save lives, but we do not want the pandemic to be an excuse for people to restructure their societies in a way that really limits freedom of expression, freedom of association, and democracy. And ironically, freedom of association is something that people cannot have right now because of the danger of spreading the pandemic, but we cannot allow the pandemic to be an excuse to say freedom of association then is something that will linger, or rather will not be opened up again once we're past this health crisis. I mean, you're absolutely right. Do you see advantages to democratic approaches of inclusion and transparency when governments have to address the strains that are caused by this pandemic? Well, it's absolutely essential because this is a moment in history when all of us need to trust our governments. And how can you trust your government if they will not be open and transparent? How do I not know as a citizen that the government is just using this as an excuse to repress me? And so having the uh, trust of a government where you can tell people you really can't associate, you need to stay in, you need to do this, you need to do that, for citizens to really comply, they have to have trust 
You cannot have trust without transparency. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And what do you see the need for the leadership of the United States in this kind of environment? And where would we put democracy assistance in that international policy? Should, should it be a priority or perhaps even elevated? Well, I absolutely think it should be a priority. And um, we need to make sure that we don't cut back on foreign assistance in any way, shape, or form, whether we are talking about humanitarian or democracy assistance. Absolutely. And that's a perfect segue to the shift I want to make in our conversation. Let's talk about democracy versus authoritarian tendencies during COVID and the impact on fragile states in Africa. The COVID-19 crisis provides authoritarians with an opportunity to seize even more power or use the pandemic to shore up themselves. The pandemic also raises potentials for instability and violence-prone countries. At least eight countries in Africa have postponed electoral preparations and elections at some level. Ethiopia postponed its August parliamentary elections without setting a date. How do you think we can best support and reinforce democratic principles during this pandemic and counter the authoritarian tendencies? Well, you know, and it's, it's such an interesting time because you actually need leadership that is more centralized now in the sense, you know, using the comparison with the United States, we need to have leadership that centralizes, the, that centralizes testing, that centralizes equipment. But at the same time, you don't want to have that to be an opening for an authoritarian leader. We've had to postpone elections in the United States as well. And as a matter of fact, the election that went forward that a lot of people felt shouldn't have gone forward has resulted in dozens of people now coming down with the infection, people who were directly related to that election. So on the one hand, I understand when countries do need to postpone their elections, But on the other hand, we have got to hold them accountable and say, okay, you're postponing your election for COVID, but that doesn't mean you're doing it indefinitely. And you need to be completely transparent with your population to say, we have a commitment. We will have an election. I can also understand countries saying we're not exactly sure when right now because we don't know when the pandemic is going to stabilize and then decrease. But I think it's all the more that democracy is not something and transparency is not something that you just practice now and then. It has to be consistent. You have to have a track record because that track record is what contributes to trust. And in a crisis like this, trust is so extremely important. No, you're so right. And this idea that you hit on that, that there should be time-bound postponements and building political inclusion and trust in order to come to agreement about when to hold them and what kinds of restrictions are reasonable is is absolutely critical. We'll be back after this message to learn more about the critical role of election observation. For more than 35 years, NDI has been honored to work with thousands of courageous and committed democratic activists around the world to help countries develop institutions, practices, and skills necessary for democracy's success. For more information, please visit our website at www.ndi.org. Let me shift again, you know, if, if it's okay with you. You've led international election observation missions to very difficult elections in Kenya and Zimbabwe. We were together on those delegations. And for those listeners you know, who may not be familiar with election observation, could you, you know, describe for us a bit about what you think the importance of 
electro observation is for electro integrity and, and how that might interface with having free, fair, and safe elections? It's all about transparency. If you have nothing to hide, then you should be willing to invite in the world. And I will tell you that it was just a phenomenal experience for me. I look forward to doing it again. It was an opportunity to see how another country goes about their election. And I'll tell you, in some places, I was quite jealous because they were in uh, Kenya, I believe, they had a turnout that was over 80%, something that we never have in the United States. And so, you know, the fact that they were able to do that, I thought, you know, was very important. And then when they objected, there was a process. You know, you can take it to court. And I, I believe for countries that are struggling, it raises the level of confidence in their democracy when they invite the world in to see. And I just think that's very important. I frankly, when I went to the last one in Zimbabwe, wanted to come back and have election observation and international teams in the United States, because as you know, we have difficulty in a number of our states in struggling against voter suppression, where we have governors and uh, elected officials who actually try to reduce the number of people that vote. Uh, and so I think that going, it serves a dual purpose. It strengthens the democracy in the countries that we visit because they invite in the world to see. But I also think it's important for U.S. citizens to go and see how other people do elections. We have something to learn from it as well. Well, you know, as you note, I mean, you and I have had I've had a great opportunity to talk about these things with you. And, you know, we we agree that the United States of America needs to set an example for the rest of the world, and including and having credible and transparent elections that allow all citizens to have a voice rather than these kinds of problems that, that you note. And I just um, want to note for the listeners um, that I heard you say that you were looking forward to doing another one of those. And yes. you, you can bet that we will extend that invitation to you soon. Um, Ethiopia may be the next, but who knows? Um, we may be coming to you even before that. Well, you know, it, it would be a tremendous honor. I would welcome it. I would love to go to Ethiopia. And let me just make one mention about that, because when a country postpones an election, the way they can build confidence with people is to be very clear as to what the measurement is that they are using when the election will take place. So to say we can't have an election today because we're in the middle of a pandemic, but when the infection rate goes down, when this happens, when that happens, then we'll be able to do it. That invites the public in to observe your measurement. What are your metrics for when we are going to have an election, rather than just saying it's postponed indefinitely and we'll get back to you when we decide it's time? You're, you're so right. And as you have said many times, particularly as this applies to women and youth and other populations that get marginalized. And of course, we all know that this pandemic has exacerbated that, that marginalization. We, have, as I said at the top, are, are really fortunate to have you. And of course, we would love to continue this conversation at another time. I just want to, want to thank you, Congressman Bass, for joining us I mean, for your continued support for NDI, for democracy assistance, and as a citizen of this country, for your leadership, which is invaluable. Well, I appreciate that. Call on me anytime. I am a big supporter of the work that NDI does. Thank you. And thank you to our listeners. To learn more about NDI or to listen to other DemWorks podcasts, please visit us at ndi.org. 
Thank you again, Congresswoman Bass. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye-bye. Stay healthy and happy.